Hello, and welcome to Keeping Innovation Alive, hosted by Bill Nottingham. Sit back and dive in with us as we speak with corporate innovators and founders that are driven to keep innovation alive. My guest, Nick de Blasio, is a driven innovator, having helped co-found Ingenious, Nestle's internationally recognized internal innovation program, where he helped fellow employees turn their ideas into meaningful new businesses for the company. Today, Nick is a director at Capgemini Invent. He collaborates with international clients that are at the crossroads of new technology, providing strategy from design to operations. For the professionals listening in, Nick will share insights about how he has helped others channel their real passion into new roles within the company. So Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Thanks, Bill. Happy to be here. You and I used to visit and uh, attend in-person innovation conferences, and it's nice to see those starting back up again. I had a pleasure of seeing you speak at several, and I've always appreciated your point of view. Likewise, Bill, as well. No, um, as we were conversing by, by chat, as we, that's what most of us do nowadays, it's great to see each other sharing what we've been doing certainly and helping in our own context to, to innovate and tackle these challenges around the world. And great to, to be here. Thank you. Tell me what you're doing now at Capgemini. Yeah, so no, I'm part of Capgemini Invent, which is the innovation and transformation arm of the group. The company itself is huge. Right? It's over 350,000 employees. And if I put it down into kind of one sentence, it's really about how do you provide end-to-end transformation capability to CXOs on looking at you know helping them get the future they want. And it's really assessing how different companies are organized today, right from global regional and at uh, and the kind of shared services you have. And it's very funny looking at how a pharma company or an electronics company or a uh, consumer goods company, how they've organized themselves and how they've evolved over many years and how they're evolving because the companies of yesterday are, are very different to, to what they are now, going from a, you know, a single product type of business to now a service type of business. And, and they're still experimenting uh, in many cases, and trying to find the connections. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I feel like there's this period right now where there's been companies that were founded in like the 60s and 70s, and now the generational change is happening, and the new Spot generation on. wants to see it convert into the new technology. You know, are you seeing companies like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing that there's very much, um, but it's a, there's definitely this technology. Um, and like this argument that every company now is a technology company, right? And it's funny, depending on the leadership you talk to, uh, some companies, they they instinctively believe that and, and there are others a lot more on, on the fence, frankly. And and also, I think that's fair. And I don't think, and, you know, my opinion has evolved on that point. It's not every company has to be a technology company, or at least in the way the statement implies, right? It's definitely, you need to be able to understand technology and leverage it to drive innovation. Absolutely. Uh, drive where you want to take your company. Um, and, and you know, if you're talking about intelligent systems and solutions and that you then build into your product offering. And again, if maybe you're initially a product-based company and now you're evolving to uh, connecting technology as part of your offering, it's a huge transformation right through the organization, right? And going from what also was maybe a, a very transactional one-time release of a, of a product to, to use a client. Now you think, okay, it's a subscription maybe. There's a lot of thinking and work on behind that. And, and I think it's a really exciting space uh, to, to understand and explore and, and help 
you know, work with companies across different industries and figure that out. If you're like a marketing director for a consumer products company, you're thinking, well, I'm going to sell a product now and then I got to deliver something at the beginning of next year to get them back. If you have a service model through, you haven't really stopped talking to your customer. Companies that have grown to the kind of scale once in like you and I have worked for or worked at, they've become that big because they become masters of typically making something, right? And But now you, if it's providing a subscription service on top to drive something intelligent on what gets outputted from that, uh, from your customer, but then to their end consumer, mm-hmm. then actually you now become part of an ecosystem um, as you're not just a supplier anymore, you're part of an ecosystem. And and, and that's, that's a really significant shift. Switching gears, you had talked about the entrepreneurship, and I know you had done that previously in a role at Nestle. Can you talk about how maybe that part of your career helped you with this new chapter? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so co-founding the this entrepreneurship innovation accelerator, I learned so much through that. I was actually, the journey of the program itself was also very much of my own uh, personal growth journey with it also, frankly. And I came to evolve and realize, you know, how do I lead people? Um how do I inspire change? And also, you know, partly leveraging technology to do that because how do I connect with, with uh, the massive workforce that, that uh, Nestle, you know, has? And, and not just myself with them, but them with each other, but also something that were a lot more subtle. And, and, that's, and that's a subtle piece, which to be frank, I enjoyed a lot more because when you have people just generally excited to knock on your door and ask, you know, look, uh, Nick, can you help me with this? I, I've got this great idea and I don't quite know what to do. And and just then point them in the right direction to um, maybe not even within the program itself, but talking to uh, to different leaders in the company who were receptive. Um, that That's one. And actually just even helping people who, regardless of where they are on that innovative journey, let's say, right? Um, you know, being a magnet for that internally in Nestle was always very, very interesting to me. And I think for me, it's the authenticity of, of people, particularly in, let's be honest, in the world that we are today with social media and filters. And uh, it's, it's very easy for right people to, to, uh, to mask, you know, or to build what they want to, you know, and there's even a lot of self-marketing, you know, build, build a brand that you want to be. And, and of course, there is always that, but there's, are you authentically that person that you are, uh, projecting yourself to be and um, and story in terms of you know carrying on now and helping other clients like I'm doing at the moment uh, through in developing their own entrepreneurship program so certainly exploring you know has this got merit I can talk about it from the ground up uh, having lived all the emotions not just of being in the program together but also of leading such a such a program and, yeah, and that's that's very interesting and it's it's still regardless of where I'm seeing these opportunities and listening and to other corporate innovation leaders as as part of this. Um, I'm learning still so much, and it's great to think you continue to be open and listen and don't accept it just because you did something and that that's the best way of doing it. Always be humble, and and I definitely feel that's the case as I've seen more and more people uh, in this space. Well, it's interesting because you know I, I hear this this concept of like you know the side hustle. And it's like, when I think about this entrepreneurship program, you're creating a side hustle within the organization. You can almost get that feeling while still, you know, creating something of value at their job. 
Absolutely. And I've never heard it put that way, but uh, no, spot on. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting um, observation, Bill. I, and I also feel that, you know, there's a lot of onerous uh, perspectives in innovation. Like, that's my idea. I created that. But I love the idea of planting seeds like you're doing. And you're saying, well, you do it. And here's some tools. And absolutely, yeah, good luck. And then if you want to work together again, well, let's do it. But in the meantime, whatever makes sense. And it might not make sense for your organization. I think that's fair, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Look, and it's um, it's all about trying to help find the win-win, right? And I think the reality of very big organizations, there's huge, huge capabilities. You know, I mean, when we talk about assets, that is the assets you can see that, you know, sitting in a factory as an example, and there's the assets in the people. Again, what you can see in front of you in terms of the job they do on a day-to-day, but there's so much more behind uh, that maybe you know you don't necessarily know. And I was inspired by one person I met. Um, he uh, submitted this idea into a challenge I was running, um, and it was it was just simply amazing. It was for a whole new system of a coffee machine and, and so on, and that he came up with, and that's about sustainability was the topic, and um, and his job was wasn't. Uh, at least actively in kind of the R and D organization or the marketing organization, he was in a, in a very different role. Um, but the guy had incredible three D design skills. Uh, it turned out that he actually built his own electric, um, fully electric motorbike, um, and uh, and that he was selling it on and, and you know custom built and was offering it for others as well and several other side hustles, uh-huh. <laughs> as she said. But just through you know, these are his hobbies, which then, you know, in some cases, he managed to, to make more out of it. But what he put together was in such a short amount of time and that he was promoting was absolutely phenomenal and so inspiring, frankly. Um, and it's actually it's with him and then people like him, which I was very keen to take away from the shadows and put them on, on the stage, um, the virtual or the physical one to to help say, say, look, they, these are people not just solving your media problem, but look at what, you know, this person you've never met before, how talented he or she is. And there's so much more that they can help you, help us, the company. Let's give a chance and let's also find opportunities for them. And I'm, I'm very happy that some people I know who went through my program as an example or through stories like that, that actually um, end up changing jobs uh, internally and doing much more closer to not just their uh, their ambitions, but something also they're talented in as a base and also able to find opportunity to grow. That's right. Wow, it's, it's like you're growing innovations and innovators. <laughs> uh, absolutely. This has been really great catching up. You know, we had met years ago and it's just nice to stay in touch. You're looking a lot less great than I am at the moment, Bill. So I don't know what's... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> That's, uh, it's an AI generated uh, version of... <laughs> 20-year-old Bill Avatar. Thanks so much for joining, Nick, and uh, talking across the pond. (laughs) Thank you for joining our latest episode. We hope our discussion inspired you to keep innovation alive. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. We hope you join us next time.